Everyone can be challenged. Everyone can do more than they're doing right now. We settle. We reach a certain age and we say, you know what? I guess I'm as good as I'm going to get and I don't think I'm going to get any better. And that's not the case. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% saving for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for face-to-face learning, network members also save on standard rates for Filex, the fitness industry convention. In this episode, Fitness Force and Wellness Crusader Mindy Milray talks with the Fitness Industry Podcast's Belle Fong about taking inspiration from children's movement patterns, the unbridled joy of training kids, her evidence-based nutrition initiative, and why one rep done right is better than 10 reps done wrong. Mindy Milray, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Okay, so this is your first time presenting in Australia. What are your first impressions? Have you heard anything about the Australian fitness market at all? Well, my son actually was here for a year uh, and I dabbled a little bit in it. I have lots of wonderful fitness friends and fellow fitness professionals mm-hmm. that are, live here and I've heard nothing but amazing things and wonderful professionals. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Great. Okay. So first things first, I'm going to ask you some questions about around about, I guess, the kind of topics that you present on. And the first one I want to ask you is about body weight versus equipment. And I kind of want to get what your take is on it. I mean, if you do outdoor training, want to travel light what's your kind of essential equipment so let's talk about I guess body weight first versus equipment first and what's your take on I guess those two well you know your body is the best tool you have and I created a product that uses body weight it's called the gliding discs which you shift and twist and turn and rotate and I've always been a functional mover so I look at how people move and how they thrive throughout their lives, not just when they're 20, but when they're 80, 90, 100. And I look all over the world because I present all over the world. And I I look mostly in the Asian market where they can squat really low and have no knee pain or no back pain and using your body how you're supposed to use it. So lots of the fitness industry, we have created rules of how to move. And I want to throw most of those rules out the window and look at how babies, look at how two-year-olds and toddlers roll around the floor. And that's how I teach and that's how I train. Cool. And I guess aside from the gliding disc, is there anything, I guess, when you travel that you take with you that's kind of essential? Well, every fitness conference, I actually take all of my equipment. So whenever I go to a fitness conference, I've got three or four huge bags, 70 pounds each, because I want everyone to have gliding discs and also a small ball, a small ball for either using it to help teach and get in the right alignment or use it assist. Most of my equipment is to assist, not to resist, but to help people get into the right alignment or to shift because your body weight shifting is the new lifting and we don't need to lift heavy equipment. We can just use our body weight to shift the positioning and get the exercises that we need. Great. Okay. You say that one rep done right is better than 10 of them done wrong. Is this always the case? 
Well, mostly, mostly, I mean, I can kill you with one core exercise or one way to shift your body and you will feel it more than any other. So I want to get away from counting. I want to, I have a new program called Fluid Strength, which is all about feeling the spaces in between the start and the stop of the exercise. And you can do movements that are beautiful and balanced and creating an event, not just creating reps. When we think about reps, we think about, let me get to 10. Mm -hmm. But what happens in two? What happens in four? So I want to evolve that movement and really look at the moments in movement, the moments that are created throughout the start and the stop of the exercise. I like to look at it like, let's look at the cracks in between the start and the stop. But my husband thinks that's a little sexual in nature. So he doesn't want me to say that, but I just did in the podcast. So (laughs) it's really exploring the cracks. Mm -hmm. Cool. That sounds great. Do you think it's possible to deliver high intensity interval training to all populations? And if so, how do we make it less intimidating for the less conditioned market? Everyone can be challenged. Everyone can do more than they're doing right now. We settle. We reach a certain age and we say, you know what, I guess I'm as good as I'm going to get and I don't think I'm going to get any better. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. So even uh, one of the the hit training programs that I do is Tabata. And even a 90-year-old can do 20 seconds just a little bit harder. Now, I'm not saying throw up in a bucket, but I'm saying maybe walk just a little faster or maybe bend just a little bit more so we can all reach to greater heights than we're doing now. Cool. Okay. So you also teach fitness to kids. What's the best way you found of making them enjoy exercise so it's not a chore for them? Oh, everything is a yes. Everything is a yes. So when I teach kids fitness, and I love, that's one of my favorite things to teach on the planet. Every The, the verbiage that you use is always positive. It's what you can do. It's what it's not what you can't do. Mm-hmm. So you, so looking at exercise like that and looking at everything as a game, everything is a game. So I would never say stop to my kids. I would say surf or drop or roll or something like that to get them excited about movement and not disengaged. Okay, cool. And I guess if you uh, had some advice for personal trainers, I guess, that wanted to teach kids aside from the, I guess, these positive you know, words that you can use. Is there any advice you could give to someone that maybe is, is really passionate about fitness, loves working with kids of, you know, how they can get started? Have exercises that are going to highlight every child's strength. So one child is really good at running. So have one game in the workout. Maybe it's like a half an hour class that you have with your students. That's fast. That is really going to highlight and showcase that kid. Then maybe someone else is theatrical. So you're going to do a game that's more theatrical based. Maybe another child is very coordinated and loves to train their balance. So really make exercises and make games that showcase the various aspects of the kid's strength, not just one aspect. Okay, great. And do you have, I guess, any challenges of training the younger kids, say, you know, five to 10 year olds versus say, you know, 12 to 17 year olds? Oh, absolutely. But you've got to remember that kids are kids. Kids are kids. So let them be kids. Don't have them grow up too fast. And you want to be as outrageous as you possibly can be. So when I'm teaching kids, I wear boxer shorts that are either Elmo or the super power rangers or whatever it's going to be. And I try to be as disruptive as possible and crazy. So they leave going, oh, what's Mrs. Melray going to do today? Oh my goodness. She is just so crazy and I'm disruptive. And so they leave thinking I'm nuts. 
I'm nuts, and that's good because mm-hmm. I've changed their life. I have this one game called Bubblegum where they take the bubblegum from uh, their pocket and they unwrap it and then they put it in their mouth. They build, build, they have the biggest bubble. And then what I'll do is I'll have them take the bubble out of their mouth or take the bubblegum out of their mouth and stick it on a body part. And then they have to stick their body part on the floor. And then they can't move that body part because it's stuck with the bubblegum on the floor. And then they, they take the bubble gum up and then they put it behind their ear. Well, I do that multiple times throughout the year when I'm teaching them. I had a boy come up as senior in high school. He said, Mrs. Milray, I still have the bubble gum behind my ear. I know I've made an impact on that boy if he kept the bubble gum behind his ear from the time from first grade when I taught him until the time he was a senior in high school. That's hilarious. Let's hope he hasn't, isn't still chewing on it. Then, <laughs> So can you tell me about your nonprofit wellness education initiative? And I, I see it's inspired by your husband's, Bruce's battle with cancer. So give us a bit of a rundown about that and, and uh, what's that all about? Yes, thank you for asking because this is near and dear to my and my husband's heart. We have a nonprofit organization called One Day to Wellness.org. You can look it up on the internet. And when my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer uh, eight years ago, we were hell-bent and determined to not have the side effects from the radiation and the chemotherapy and the, the hormone treatment. So we dove into the world of nutrition. And my husband became a holistic nutritionist. And we started lecturing about seven years ago on evidence-based nutrition, meaning whole food, plant-based, no oil. And so about two years ago, we launched One Day to Wellness, which is a nine-hour training for fitness professionals and also for lay people. And we go into churches and schools and and fitness facilities and also doctor's offices. And we do this nine-hour training. And it was so profound that Bruce and I last October decided, because we were traveling all over the, the world doing this, that we would rent at our house. And we would move into an RV, wrap the RV with our logo with fruits and vegetables because we sell fruit and vegetable t-shirts. That's the one thing we do sell for our nonprofit. And we'll tour the country and we'll tour all over North America. Now, we cannot bring it over to Sydney, Australia. I'm so sorry to say. However, we lead this training somewhere around the world and we have many, many recipes and tips and workouts on our website that is completely free. So all you have to do is go on onedaytowellness.org and get all of our information for free. And we really feel that that this program changes lives. And we know that because we get emails every day from someone that perhaps has, has started the transition and is now off their diabetic medication or someone else that that a doctor has prescribed this for their patient and they're they're no longer looking at heart disease and it's not because of us we are only the messenger for this amazing wave that's happening people are looking at nutrition because nutrition is is 80% of success or failure for wellness and if you've got a chronic disease you have control over your symptoms, over all of the side effects of the medication. You don't have to go through what's normal because we can live an optimal life if we have food as the focus first. Fitness is great. And I've always, I've been a, in fitness teaching teachers for 35 years. But if you don't have food first, then fitness really is not going to be the answer. And do you have any plans to bring uh, the One Day to Wellness internationally? 
Oh, we'll bring it anywhere anybody wants us to. So if Australia wants us to bring it here, we will bring it here with bells on. Absolutely. And we never tell anyone what to eat. All we do is give, provide the research and the evidence, and it's all good news. Everything that we provide is good news. Many people are afraid. Oh, no, don't tell me not to eat certain things. We don't. We just we provide the evidence, and we say lean to the green. Any small step you can take in the right direction is a step toward wellness. Great. Okay. So if people want to find you on social media, what's the best way that they can follow you? So as I said, it's one day to wellness.org. My husband and I are act every day. Every day we put new things on the website for, for everyone, not only fitness professionals, but, but everyone to live a longer, happier, thriving life. Also, Mindy Melray would be my, my tag for social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now I have to be very transparent. I have a social media manager that does my Twitter and my, my, Instagram. I hear I'm very good at Instagram, but I don't do it myself. However, I do do some of my Facebook, but I, might, I get my hands slapped if I do too much because I, I pay someone to do that for me. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you so much for chatting to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. For a range of online courses focusing on group training and PT program design, including group fitness management courses by the brilliant Kirsty Neald and lesson plans that never fail by the masterful Greg Seller, head to the network website. Courses are accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, and network members save up to 20%. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for face-to-face learning, remember that network members also save on standard rates for Filex, the fitness industry convention.